This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 121. Collaboration, competition, and creativity. Hi there, and welcome to session number 121 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm coming to you from the countryside, (laughs) from an island last month, now to the countryside. I'm in this small town called Thompson Station. I don't know if it's that small of a town. It seems small to me. And I'm here for a business conference in the city of Franklin, which is, I believe... 20 to 30 minutes south of Nashville. So I'm really excited for this new experience coming up again. And I'm sure I will talk about it in a future episode. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after gosh, seems like a lifetime hiatus. And the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful artists I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I wanted to share this a long time ago, this session that I recorded with two of my favorite artists. They are the founders of Push Dance Intensive, and their names are David Bagley, who you might recognize from two previous sessions. He was on session 100 for my milestone podcast session. And then I have a segment with him that I'll also reference in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 121. And I get to introduce the incredible Derek Nemechek, the other co-founder of Push Dance Intensive. And I love these guys. They are amazing. I've learned so much from them that I've applied not only to my dance training, but to my life, to my business. I loved the freedom and the flow of our conversation as we discussed topics such as the importance of work ethic, the creative collaboration process, the competition dance world, commercial dance, and so much more. I know you'll enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, this is David Bagley. And Derek Nemechek. We We are are the the founders founders of Push Dance Intensive. And you're listening to another session of The Dance Preneuring Studio with our good friend, Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. When I experience the best quality, whether it's a restaurant or outstanding service or a product with superior features, such as a piece of software, yes, my geeky tech site is coming out, of course, it's hard to settle for anything less than the best. What Apple is to computers, my two exceptional guests today exemplify the standard for dance. They are the founders of Push Dance Intensive, a high-caliber, customizable dance training that involves a plethora of dance styles and disciplines, as well as comprehensive education in other related art forms. They both have success in the commercial, concert, and competition dance world as performers, choreographers, and educators working with entertainment greats such as Earth, Wind & Fire, Paula Abdul, Hugh Jackman, and Pentatonix, just to name a few. Time flies when I'm with these two because they add so much value and so much inspiration to my dance experience and to my life. I would like to welcome David Bagley and Derek Nemechek, founders of Push Dance Intensive, to the podcast. How are you guys? Hi, Annette. Hi. (laughs) Great. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm doing really well. I'm so happy to have both of you on at the same time. And I've gotten to know the both of you for, for a while now, but I don't know why and how you started Push. Can you guys talk about that? Well, um, we just found a relationship that kind of clicked together and we both are educators in the dance realm and we found that we had a lot of the same kind of common beliefs and we wanted to bring a lot of um, opportunity to the community. So we decided to band together and, you know, educate the kids. So Derek, were you on board to start that or was that something like David came to you with that idea? Did you guys come to the idea at the same time? How did that happen? Um, I feel like most of our ideas, it definitely uh, sparked at the same time. Like we finish each other's sentences often. So (laughs) I think it was definitely a situation like that. I know something that something that also inspired us developing push was we had experience going to other competitions and venues as choreographers and as competitors at, at one point in our careers. It's so expensive to fund that lifestyle and you don't always get the quality of training you're paying for to be quite honest. So we wanted to make an experience that had every like the full package but that was also affordable <laughs> because uh, both of us, I mean, we wouldn't be able to dance if it weren't for um, the, the gracious yeah. people that we have in our lives to help direct us and scholarship us and provide opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we really just want to give back and make it something that's affordable, but also fun and, and challenging. What kind of students would you say your demographic comprises of in the time that you guys have been doing this? We attract dancers that are looking to be versatile. Like we don't just attract like maybe just a classical, uh, technical balletic dancer or just a hip hop dancer. We definitely attract dancers that are looking for a full experience Mm -hmm. in their intensive. And also we attract dancers that that want to be pushed, yeah. like, just like our title. Like that's, yes. that's literally why we came exactly. up with the name because yeah, we get, we get it's dancers, the premise. Yeah, we get dancers from I mean, you know, single digit ages all the way up into you know like forties and fifties. We've had you know some older people come to our events, which is really awesome. You know that there is no age barrier there. There's willing students wanting to learn, and I think that our clientele, knowing us personally, they walk in <laughs> knowing that we are expecting them not to give up on anything we administer in our classes Mm -hmm. and to just give their absolute best. Absolutely. So with that expectation that you both have in your work, whether it's choreography or teaching, do you find it surprising that there are some students that come in that don't have that work ethic and that attitude in place? And how do you maneuver that? How do you, because sometimes you all you have is one class or one intensive to get the best out of a student. And if they're not used to that, if they're just used to kind of mindlessly going in class, and I, don't, I know David and I have talked about that before, about how a lot of students, they just kind of go in class, go out, and, and it's kind of done. How do you guys um, deal with that when you have such a short amount of time sometimes for students that aren't ready to take it up another notch well surprised no (laughs) but disappointed yes because i started dancing fairly late um i'm 20 i just turned 26 a few days ago and i started dancing when i was 16 so i've only been dancing for just now a decade i feel like i started training at a great time because the people i was surrounded by not only my instructors but also my dance peers the work ethic was just incredible like Mm -hmm. you walked in and like you just never gave up you were quick. You had to be quick or else you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, it was sink or swim. It was, it was very much 
what the instructor said goes. There was so much etiquette and discipline going on in the classroom, and that made it an ideal situation for me to focus and really hone the technique that I needed as a dancer. And nowadays, especially in the studio world and com- competitive studios, parents have so much say in oh what gosh. they're... It's, it's almost like the, the parent and the, and the, the child is in the dance class, yeah. even though they're just paying for the <laughs> child to be in the dance class. Yeah. Because I mean, um, Sometimes it's more. and I, I mean, that's a role as teachers that we commit to taking. We have to become a parent in a way we have to become a mentor to not only the student, but also to the parent to let them know what's best for them. But there's definitely a, a loss of trust between parent and instructor, I'd say, or maybe it's not even trust. Maybe it's just like, you know, with reality TV, uh, I don't have to like name shows or anything. But there's an image cast out. <laughs> a different kind of relationship between them. I feel, I feel like a lot of parents feel they can get away with the acting a certain way because of what's appropriate and what they see out there. What, well, sorry, what they see is appropriate out there. So we're talking about parents. I know that your question was about the student, but yeah. in order to even give context, I have to address how parenting is because this idea of privilege and, and being able to like make your own decisions is not the best mm-hmm. approach for your dance training. You, there needs to be a level of trust with the instructor mm-hmm. and there needs to be like control from the instructors and the owners. And But it becomes a business and, the, and you have to please the parents as well, a lot of mm-hmm. studios feel. Mm-hmm. So that's where I find the challenge is the students are so are often so privileged that they don't feel they have to work their hardest when they come in the room. They think they can come in and, you know, it's just another couple of bucks that their parents spent on a class. They show up, they'll get better rather than putting the work in. Now, don't now don't get us wrong. Like, there are some great parents out there. And there's a lot of great parents yeah. out there. You know, it's just the thing about is when you start training, we just got to get everyone on the same page. And it takes a community. It takes a village to really get things done. So. And I, and we, we bring this up from our experiences, but also from um, our friends' experiences. Like, this is... <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, this is a national crisis in the dance. <laughs> yes, because we um, travel studio world. Yeah, I mean, we travel and we teach at studios, and I mean, I, because we just want we just want the kids to have fun, uh-huh. love what they're doing, and yield results, yield improvement. Uh-huh. But it becomes much more than that because of the the multiple relationships you have to develop as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I allude back to my training. It wasn't like that. And I feel like I, I started training at the end of a, of a generation. And, there, and this new generation, I mean, they're beasts. These kids can dance like no other. Mm-hmm. I mean, their facilities and everything are out of this world. And dance training in general has, got, has excelled because of collegiate dance and just like and exposure, technology, the internet, you know, every, there's just so, so much more accessibility as far as correct technique and knowledge. I feel, yeah, I feel like um, our generation uh, growing up in training, we were left to kind of figure things out. We were giving an idea and then we had to like make something out of it. Now I feel like people are just giving things and then they can go online and see things and all of a sudden they're replicating those things. Does that make sense? They have, they have more reference points. Whereas to us, we had to be more creative, more, more drilled, more trained. It's kind of like, I feel like my mom or my parent used to say things like, <laughs> like, I had to go to the library to look this up, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I could just type that into a search engine, which is monumental. Yeah. But uh, it, it's kind of similar, you know? We had to, like, kind of, like, 
devote time. Yeah, really invest uh-huh. in and maybe not get such a quick result. Uh-huh. And it's not like that anymore. Like people want quick results, want and if now. they don't get it, they're frustrated and and they give up. Mm-hmm. And that goes with like the the newest style, the newest teacher, the newest training methods, the newest dance product. You know, they want they want results. They want they want whatever they're going to get that's going to get them those results. And actually, results are yielded from just putting your head down and working hard on yourself. Yeah. And that's, since, what, and that's what we want to implement. Since really... it's so easy for them to get um, information uh-huh. elsewhere, they expect it to be the same. Dancers often expect it to be the same in the classroom, but you, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It, yeah. It's hard work, and yeah. there's no, there's no pussyfooting around that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna, you gotta invest, or you're not going to have a product. Mm-hmm. I agree with all the things that you guys said, and from personal experience in working with both of you, I, I, I definitely know the importance of having comprehensive training and just what it does for you. And the thing that I liked what you guys brought up is about you can have all the resources in the world, but if you're not going to put the work in, then it's not going to do you any good. And the whole thing with the entitlement, I find in my experience that people come to me for advice or consulting, yet they want to tell me how to consult them. So it's not so much that they're they're looking for me to really give them, they want validation more than yeah, the actual, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's what's happening in the dance world as well. For, uh, would you agree with that? Look yeah. at the look at the uh, award system at these competitions. Like how everyone gets, everyone walks out with some kind of a trophy. Mm-hmm. I know that makes people feel great about themselves, and I, I hate to bash that feeling. But at the same time, it takes away the integrity behind what the word competition means. Uh-huh. And it takes and it takes a competitive realm, and it kind of it kind of makes a mockery of it because there's no there's no um, real fight for that first or second or third place or for that ultimate standout victory because everyone's getting that reward, you know, award. So it's there's no substance within it. And I feel, I feel like there can be in different ways. I, yeah, I think there could be more like the, the problem is it's a bit, it's becomes a business to be quite mm-hmm. frank and they have to make everyone happy and people, what makes me sad is that people become unhappy when they don't win. Yeah, you should be disappointed, but that shouldn't like stop you. That shouldn't like that shouldn't discredit everything you just put in for that whole season, mm-hmm. you know? Just yeah. because you didn't get just because award, someone's yeah. opinion didn't they didn't like your whatever you had to show. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't stop your goal. I hate that they're seeking validation from others rather than just that gratification, that self-gratification of performing and feeling happy happiness from your own vessel from your own art mm-hmm. you just and putting in your own best efforts it, yeah it loses, the, it loses the integrity of you know of of the of dancing itself and who you're doing it for you're doing it for that you know for yeah that exception rather than doing it for your um for yourself you so, know? something i i notice as a teacher um is there'll be those you can t- i mean everyone's unique and that's what's beautiful about this world yes. um uh, but as students I see some students that they really, (laughs) they'll be looking at me when they're dancing as if they're like really performing to me, but they're like seeking a compliment from me. And I know they want that, that gratification, that validation, but I always advise them to like look at themselves or look, look out past project and find it for yourself because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give it to you, honey. Yep. Okay. Cause I want you to, I want you to get it for yourself. 
And it's, I think it's, it's harder in the commercial world when it's all about that, when that's really the focus of it. And what you guys were saying about a lot with the parents of what the parents instill of what, what is it that's really important to them in that world? What would you say about that? I think what it comes down to is breaking it down for each dancer. I mean, as an educator and as teacher, you have to look at every single person. You can't just teach generally, which a lot of people do. And it's hard to get to everyone because it takes time and it takes investment. And a lot of times that kids aren't going to invest as much into themselves as you're willing to invest in them. And that's the sad part. But I feel I feel what it comes down to to get away from what we we're talking about is you have to really define why for them or they have to define why for themselves. And they have to clearly tell you why they want to pursue dance, why they want to be a part of dance, why they're doing what they're doing. If they can't define it, then they don't know what they're going to be working towards. You know, so the clear cut goals are really important, like like with anything, though, with anything that you're pursuing, the clear cut direction and the goals and the intention are really important. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in, you know, popularity, what's popular, what's what's going on. And I mean, that's that's case old for everything. You know, what's what's the newest fad rather than, you know, trying to define what they want to do and pursuing that. So but everyone's on their own journey. True. So with all of that, what would you say is the strangest request that you've gotten in designing an intensive since you guys are able to customize your programs? Um, I think it's hard for us to find anything strange. <laughs> um, right. So that's a tough question to, a- to answer. Yes. To be quite honest, there hasn't been anything strange requested of our intensive. Yeah. And I can't think of anything strange happening. Yeah. I mean, we really try to make an experience that's really geared towards our students' dance needs or dance goals. And we also try to throw in, you know, a a lot of fun different aspects of dance rather than just a classroom setting and a competition scene. We do performance showcases. We we do auditions. We do do a lot of dance-related experiences that you experience within the dance world. Mock mock auditions. Yes, and within the dance community. and I want them to be ready for, for situations like that so they can thrive and shine and hopefully lead and instigate creativity in those, in those situations. So what is the process then when you guys are working together and brainstorming ideas for all of this? The process is long and, different <laughs> um, and it is multifaceted. I mean, we, yeah. we have like the whiteboard with all kinds of different scheduling situations that we're trying to figure out and budgeting and yeah i mean we have we have to cast our net of information through social media there's our online element yeah there's a lot of design work so all of the different duties i mean we kind of we don't necessarily just like you take this you take this we kind of do it all together yeah (laughs) that's basically how it's a two-man show right now Mm mm-hmm but I hope that our hard work in putting together um, our events, you know, inspires our students to work equally as hard when they're in our event, attending our event. Yes. So in doing all of that, what skill sets do you guys each have that complement each other? Well, one thing I noticed about Derek, and this is, kind of, I guess, why we're friends, is he's just a very eloquent, professional person in all areas of his life. I mean, I've seen this guy take on many different jobs and the standard of professionalism is so on point and contagious to be around. And I feel like it sets a good standard for people who, you know, want to work hard and get somewhere. And I feel the same way, you know, about myself. I try to, I try to instill that in other people as well. Yeah. And David's also like a, he's like a MacGyver inspector gadget type of a person. Like he knows how to like, he just has so many skill sets uh, as far as like from carpentry to, 
like design to just writing like contracts to like the list just goes on. This fool can cook great. Like <laughs> there are just many elements to his being that, and it's abundant <laughs> abundance. Yeah, <laughs> it just it, helps. It's, well, you have to be well well rounded if you want to get anywhere. I feel you know because if all you do is dance and all you know is dance and you know dance ended tomorrow, what would you do? You know what I mean? True. Because I mean, happen. You got to be able to do everything. What materials or resources do you two find yourself going back to over and over again to to refine your crafts? At this point in in my career, well, I've as as you know, I've been through injuries and health and all kinds of of stuff. So going to actually take class physically has been very challenging for me, given those obstacles and location as well. So I get most of my information, like I mentioned earlier online. I just keep researching, as is David. We're just constantly watching videos, following different choreographers, and not just popular scene that you see like in LA or New York, but like world dance. Uh Like we really that's our goal is we want to travel the world and expose what we have to share with dance. So we want to have a context going into these places. So yeah, I would say media online is where is like where I do my most research at this, what, at this moment. that's great because, I mean, online, it organizes everything for you. You just click follow and you get updated. And it's really easy to, to stay connected with a lot of different cultures and different kinds of dance and stuff. But, yeah, I pull most of my stuff, I would say, online as well. But I also have a big kind of art collection of artists that I follow. And I get a lot of stuff from them. I really love uh, design and, and, you know, aesthetic aesthetics of the body and stuff and i like how a lot of different artists interpret that and put that into their art and how i can maybe use that to inspire me to do something else so yeah do you think there's still the stereotype for the dance aesthetic what would you say about that uh what do you mean In terms of, well, a ballet body should look like this, even though there's such an acceptance now with different body types in dance. Bodies are beautiful. Let's just get that period out there. And there's so many different shapes and sizes and all of them can do different things. It's learning your instrument. You know what I mean? You can't play a smooth, sexy jazz song from a saxophone on a drum. You know what I mean? You can't you can't hit those same types of notes. So it's 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 trying to play your instrument you know, um, as it regards to you. I'd say that the market is widening because the thing is people are very business oriented. So they want to do what's going to make what's in their best interest, what's going to make them the most money. So a lot of these directive, creative, creative directive opportunities, they don't gamble. They go, okay, we're going to get like the blonde hair, blue eyed, skinny girl, or we're going to get the exotic girl with a big butt. That's like tiny. So they, they do what they know people are going to like. But now, nowadays I I think people are taking more, I hate to call it a gamble because it's not like you're risking anything, (laughs) but um, other than, other than money, uh, which is despicable. But I think that that is becoming more open and you, and we're starting to see more exotic dancers, just more people that aren't typical, even like yeah. technique, dance technique. Like right now I'd say hip hop is definitely at the forefront of the dance scene, but even that's becoming so infused with contemporary and technique and world dance and dance hall and all, it's just such a fusion already that in itself is lending for the opportunity to cast more openly but also with society and how people are protesting so much right now against a plethora of things, that's also providing opportunity for people to cast, I hate to use the word, but untraditional aesthetics. Yeah. So the, there is no stereotype right now, I would say, because it's in the evolution of becoming like everything mm-hmm. open. 
I hope it, and I hope it keeps going that direction. Well, the venue, the venues for dance are changing. You know, you have sports arenas, you have film, you have concert dance on stage, you have flash mobs, you have all these different. You know, you have YouTube videos. Like, so everyone is dancing, and everyone's seeing everyone dance. So everyone's, you know, getting as much exposure to that as possible, which is why it's, you know, it's changing right now. Are there favorite venues that you both like to either perform or choreograph in, or do you have a particular bent toward one facility, type of facility or another? Well, that's the thing. Like, dance is so multifaceted now. It's not only physically live. So a lot of the dance I experience is, again, on film or TV or video, you know? It's digitalized. It's it's recorded. Uh-huh. It's not, I don't the... I don't often see dance live because of my situations and my location at the time at the moment. There's not as much dance accessible to me where I'm living right now. At least the dance I'm truly interested in. So to speak of a favorite venue is difficult because I guess the my venue would be media or digitalization or or cinematography or so camera. I haven't experienced live physical dance as abundantly as I used to. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay because there's another medium platform for dance. That's true. I recently went to the LA Dance Film Festival and this remi- this what you guys were talking about reminded me of this because the environments that these films were done at they were all different the content was extremely varied but I noticed common elements in terms of the way that the dance was shot and I found myself like we were talking about the stereotypes like there was this one film that was performed on point in like dirt and grass. And all I could focus on, which was not really that great, I hate to admit, was the fact that she didn't get over on point all the way. Uh And so I lost the whole, (laughs) I guess I lost the whole beauty of it that it was outside, it was on dirt. All I could get over was, oh my gosh, I hope she doesn't hurt her ankle. She's trying to do all this stuff on point and she's not even getting over. So like, for me, I still sometimes have to get over that stereotype of, you know, this kind of dancer for this kind of style should look like. And that's, I think, from my past experience and what's been instilled in me. And there was another performance I went to, this flamenco performance, and two of the dancers were Asian. And that kind of threw me off. I thought, no, I shouldn't be, that shouldn't make any difference because there's all kinds of dancers for hip hop. It doesn't matter what culture you come from, what your background is. So that's why I also asked about the whole stereotypical because I still, for myself, I have to over overcome like what dance looks like and what it doesn't look like well first of all these stereotypes it's not your fault because these stereotypes are conditioned via society it's not like we just woke up one day and decided oh like that these are the stereotypes that we abide by we have learned these because that's what we're surrounded by you are influenced by your environment so you just have to unlearn it like and (laughs) but i but also speaking to a point dancer that can't go over their box I, I I do find that comical. Like I think I'm I have a great technique as a dancer, but girl, I got biscuits as feet, and that's my genetics, and I have to I have to live with that, and I have to know where I can market myself as a dancer. It's yeah. strategy. Yeah. So it really baffles me when people cast based on like a face or but, looks, but, and they don't have the actual technique to back up the job that they're doing. It doesn't baffle me though, too, because I mean, dancers don't get paid enough. To get those type of caliber dancers to do that, you know? True. I mean, let's just get... But granted, it's a film festival. So if you're submitting for a film festival, you should, you know, try to show amazing dance, you know? Something that also frustrates me, speaking of film and dance, is, I mean, there are just so many 
film features, videos, anything, anything that's that was recorded with a camera. And I just feel that the director has very limited experience filming dance because, um, in my in my opinion, my humble opinion, they don't always accent accentuate the choreography or show it show it off as best as it as it could as it could be presented. So I just wish that there were more cinematographers that specialized in dance dance, that were at the forefront of these dance featured films Mm -hmm. and music videos Mm -hmm. rather than just point and shoot. And Derek, I remember we, uh, we, I don't know if you remember us talking about this before about how in the past, and I was talking to another dancer about how in the days of Gene Kelly and even before that, that the cinematographers, the cameraman and anybody that was behind production when they were doing any type of media, they were actually dancers. So they knew exactly how to film and how to get the best shots because they knew dance because they had the experience. And like you said, nowadays, that's not the case. So um, he was so disappointed with the way that it was going and that he, but he's also a very old like he says he's an old soul and he likes that era of dance and all the things that came from that but um like you said it is a business and it's about getting the right shot and getting in and getting out and and producing something as quickly as possible yeah well also just to comment on that like the technology has advanced so much recently that it's made it harder for i think I mean, I, this is, these are all just theories that I'm thinking of, but I feel that it's become harder as a cinematographer or film director to also become multifaceted in other art forms uh-huh. because film has become such a vast skill set to learn. There's so much technology and programming to learn behind editing and different lenses different effects and effects. And so I understand why their time isn't like solely focusing on how to collaborate with movement or dance. But there's a hindrance because of that. Like you said, like these Gene Kelly films, these directors were multifacetedly talented. They had skills in dance. So they knew what to look for when they were choosing their angles and and their shot. And a lot of these film directors, they don't have any specialization in dance or movement. So they're often, you know, they're asking like the choreographers and dancers a lot of things. I cannot tell you how many jobs I've been on (laughs) where they have, where like in the reference, they they say, oh, we're looking for kind of a Bugsy Berkeley kind of look right here. Like they always reference something so cliche and and typical and well-known versus exploring and, and having dance knowledge on their on their own to come up with something evolved and new they 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 reference what minimal resources they have so where do you guys see push going what are your visions for your company <laughs> well like i mentioned earlier yeah we both pretty much have the same exact goals and we we plan on pursuing them together obviously that's why yep. we've embarked on this yep, yep. business so i would speak for both of us by saying that primarily we want to travel the world and we want to um, share our experience with as many people as possible. Yes. Our experience being a challenging technique, style-driven, intensive, well, where we're not only moving physically and connecting, but we're also like trying to drop knowledge on how to live life and have fun and, and be a nice person yeah. and, and stay woke, as we can say, or, um, or no, you know, be educated. Because we haven't done too many collaborative projects together yet, as far as on the creative end. But there are some. There are definitely. Definitely some things we want to comment on in society right now. So st- stay tuned for that. We want to bring that through, um, the, you, know, you know, the experience that we that we create in push for our students. Well, I mean, it goes back to like what we said in the beginning of the interview. We got to where we are today through people providing opportunities and giving us, you know, um, chances to, to experience dance and, and actually make a career out of it and make it a lifestyle. But 
we want to give back to the community and, and we want to, yeah, spread the love and spread knowledgeable information on how the body, body works. And so that way people aren't, you know, throwing their bodies around and getting injured and stuff. So yeah. it's psychology too. It I is. mean, we want to, we want to, we want to do this in every field that we are possibly qualified for. And psychology is another one of those things. I mean, our classes are tough, not only physically, but, <laughs> but we'll put you some issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. Because why not? You know, you know? it's not going to kill you. But it will be close to killing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. If you're closest to death, you'll, you'll but, be. But see, people volunteer to go through that when they join the military. So why is it any different? know what I mean? That's true. And yeah, and I remember you guys saying that in the beginning about traveling the world and doing this. I wanted to find out if there were any mediums and you went a little bit into it with the psychology aspect of it. With both of you, it's definitely comprehensive, but it's a very well-rounded, holistic, multifaceted approach. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. I, I, we've worked hard. Try, we've worked yeah. hard to get to that we, point. We have pulled from so many different dance styles or entertainment mediums or mindful just methodologies yeah methodologies so thank you yeah we owe big thanks to all of our mentors we went to to a great collegiate institution Mm -hmm. we had really great professors um before that we both had very great teachers in Mm -hmm. our studio experiences so it's not like we just woke up yeah we you don't just wake up with this stuff we you have, have to cu- really hone it yeah. soak it in like a sponge and since we know how to do that we're trying to ch- teach others to do just that and not to not to you know pigeonhole themselves and try to get as much information as possible so that they can better define define you know their standards and what they want to do with dance that's awesome I love that <laughs> I could listen to you guys talk for a long time because you guys always have wonderful things to say so thank you for that thank you. Thank you. So Derek, I asked David this now, um, if you haven't heard, David Bagley is on my 100th episode, AnnetteBone.com forward slash 100, where I mark milestones in my dance and business journey. So I've asked him these questions, and now I get to ask Derek these questions. It's what I call the Dancepreneur in Quick Steps. So Derek, are you ready? Okay, I think so. Okay, dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why? I think you've tried everything, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've tried a lot. Dance style I would like to try but haven't. Like, I try try as much as I can. Hmm. I mean, well, could it be something I have tried but not as much as I want to? Yes, of course. I really want to get into pole dancing a little more. Um, (laughs) I've taken one. I have not even taken a class. I played at a studio once with my friend, and... I freaking love it. It's gorgeous. It's so it's so difficult, and I, I just feel like that'll get you snatched if anything will. Holding on to that pole and mm-hmm. all the poses. So I'd love to integrate more of my um, of my fusion dance style into that. I just have to find a place where I can really learn. Yeah, I definitely want to learn that one too because it looks like a really good workout too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, um, I always, I, there's that one, um, I don't even know her name, how, how foolish, but there's that pole dancer that does Michael Jackson one, Cirque du Soleil in, in Vegas. Ah, yes. It's incredible. I mean, I, I can't think of her name right now. I, I feel like I want to say Felix. Felix, yeah. But she's Australian. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that she's just stunning and gorgeous. Yeah. And oh, that's so inspiring to see that. Like Look the strength and the grace. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. So that, that makes me want to try some more. <laughs> Who is your favorite dancer or choreographer and why? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my favorite dancer and choreographer. Wow. Or? Or? Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
There are just so many brilliant, gorgeous, stunning dancers out there. It makes that really hard to answer. As far as like my favorite like technique dancer, Sylvie Guillaume. I mean, you cannot mess with that girl. Mm-hmm. That lady, that woman. She is just everything. She is so stunning. Those freaking legs, man. But it's beyond her facility. Like she is an artist. I also really, really have mad respect for Chaz Buzan. His body's incredible. He can just do so much. And about the time I started dancing was about the time he kind of was getting popular in the YouTube scene. So he was one of my, um, I I would watch a lot of his videos when I was early in my dance training. Um, So I've kept up with him um, and followed him for a while now. I think he's an amazing dancer. Um, He can do anything. Choreography. Wow, that's hard. Do you mind if I list a few? I can't. It's really hard to just do. Of course, go ahead. I think Dana Foglia is sickening. I Mm -hmm. really love her music, her sense of musicality, and I love her essence. Like she's really tough, and I like that about her. Nina McNeely. I've taken a lot of class from her. I've I've done a lot of work with her. I think she's brilliant. I ah, I just love her style. It really resonates with me. I just think she's exceptional. I really love Justin Conte. He's really swag. I love how groovy and smooth all his stuff is. Again, his musicality. From those three I just mentioned, that's kind of, I really like that style where it's very like, it has a hip hop fusion with a contemporary feel and kind of world dance or like experimental and very heavy as far as being music driven, very musical. So those are, those are like three um, notable choreographers I'd like to mention, but there are, you know, there are so many, it makes it really hard to decide. It is. It is hard to decide. I'm I'm so bipolar and crazy. I mean, tomorrow I would have complete different answers. You know? <laughs> because, you know, we're forever evolving, changing, alternating. But for for today, that's my answer. <laughs> well, that's and a I'm good happy, answer. Happy with it, yeah. Dance style that currently describes your day and why? Describes my day? Or yes. the, like today's age. As in like right now, as we're talking. Oh, a dance style for today. <laughs> I'm going to say the monster mash because um, <laughs> I don't, I don't look too cute right now. I'm still in pajamas. And I'm just trying to like, and kick it. well, you didn't have to stop and cough. So you sound good. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks you guys so much for being on the podcast. If you guys want to find out more about David and Derek, you can go to their company website at pushdanceintensive.com and find their links, follow them on Instagram and on Facebook. I am so thankful I got to have the two of you on today. And I learned so much from you all the time in everything. And you guys have been so incredibly helpful and inspirational in my dance and business journey. And thank you again so much. Thank Thank you, you, Annette. Annette. We really appreciate hearing that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you're amazing. Goodness. Ugh. Your work ethic is awesome. I came across this quote by Margaret Thatcher that reminded me of this wonderful conversation that I just shared with you with these two awesome guys. She said, what is success? I think it is a mixture of having a flair for the thing that you are doing, knowing that it is not enough that you have got to have hard work and a certain sense of purpose. And these two definitely have a flair for everything that they do. Their work ethic is amazing and they are purposeful in everything that they do. 
If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe on either the Apple Podcast app through iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving the podcast as well as get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to spending time with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.